Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the second episode of this podcast where we cover a haunted mansion property. Did you ever think we would be revisiting the haunted mansion? I genuinely did not expect to be covering Haunted Mansion again. Like, what a, yeah. what a curveball thrown at us by Disney. Uh, absolutely. We covered this about two years ago in October when they did a Muppet Haunted Mansion kind of one-hour special on Disney+. Plus Because we figured they would never do it again. Yet Disney's in love with this ride and just wants to constantly make properties out of it, I guess. Yeah, Disney's really trying to make fetch happen with the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Seriously. And like, it's not it going to happen. It's not. It's no Pirates of the Caribbean. No. And, and that's it. That's it. I mean, I saw a list that, like, the Haunted Mansion, the new one, is, like, the lowest grossing ride-based movie for Disney. Oh, boy. But, like, I don't... How many are there? Is it a just Haunted Mansion and this one? No, Jungle Cruise is also based on the ride. Oh, I forgot about Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Damn. This one performed less than the Jungle Cruise. That's I know, wild. but it because just that came happened. out. So that was during the pandemic. That was, that was, but this is during like the week <laughs> after Barbie. So kind of bad timing on Disney's part. There were a lot of people still wearing pink, ready to watch Barbie at my theater. Oh yeah. No, not everyone got to Barbenheimer. So people are still like, they're getting out there. So note to listener, if you kind of want to deep dive into the previous Haunted Mansion uh, properties, listen to that episode, because today we're just going to be focusing on this new 2023 Haunted Mansion film. So guys, let's get right into it. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Well, last week was Barbie, a really epic episode, one that I really enjoyed. And like we said, Barbenheimer, or just Barbie in general, is still a thing. I still have not yet seen Oppenheimer. You still haven't seen Oppenheimer. Do you plan to? I do, but, you know, we'll see what I'm in the mood for. I know circumstances have changed for you, so, like, maybe. (laughs) They have, yeah. I just, I don't, yeah. yeah. Not quite in the mood, I guess, for it. Um, But I ran to see The Haunted Mansion because I was like, you know what? This has the potential to be cute, and I kind of want that right now. So yeah, it did have the potential to be cute. But before we went to see the haunted mansion, though, we we actually got a chance to see a different scary movie. Did uh, you see Talk to Me? We yes. did. We got to see yes. Talk to Me. How was it? I liked it a lot. I heard it's I, great. I will recommend it. it. Yeah, people have been touting it as like best horror movie of the year. I haven't seen enough horror movies this year to like make that. I guess distinction, but it is for sure one of my favorite ones I've seen. It might be one of my favorite movies I've seen so far this year. Better than Evil Dead Rise, because you really enjoyed that. I think this was a better film than Evil Dead Rise. And that's not to say that Evil Dead Rise is a lot more fun. I feel like the dread you feel during Talk To Me is much more intense. Ooh. It's a different kind of dread. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I so it's actually, not yeah, a I, fun I, horror movie. It's kind of like a... No, little... it's more like a... Uh, horrific 
Not, it's not even like a gruesome horror movie. Mm. Like there's some gruesome parts, but like for the most part, it truly is like kind of your edge on your seat. Like what is, like what is happening to these poor stupid kids? That's really what it is about. Okay. Stupid kids. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, who doesn't love a good horror movie about stupid kids? Although fair, full disclosure, everyone, like warning, it is an Australian film, so be ready for accents <laughs> if that's not your thing. You might not. You might not want to because I think Eddie was a little taken aback. He's the one who recommended the movie, and I, we were looking for something to do. So, no, I, I mean, I absolutely want to see that movie. So, I'm glad to hear you guys are recommending it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what else we recommend? What? You coming out on August 16th to our trivia night at Corgi because Nicole and I are hosting a trivia night, part of the Jersey City Pride festivities. I think yep. not officially, but Hudson County, Hudson Pride Center is going to be joining us and they will be giving out free confidential rapid HIV tests and you'll get a $15 for taking the test. So, yeah. you know, know you your get status. To, you get to get meet us. And you exactly. get to meet us, play yeah. some trivia. Play some trivia, drink some wonderful drinks. We will recommend some. And it's totally free. Totally, totally free. So I'm going to have the link in our show notes so you can get your free tickets from Eventbrite so that way Corgi knows how many people to staff. Uh, and yeah, we hope to see you there. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was a nice segue, Rolando. Good job on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and kudos to the artwork that you will be seeing on our social media. All Rolando. He truly is the talent behind the artwork. Yes, thank you. Uh, wish I could take full credit, but it was mostly just prompting uh, <laughs> AI to create those wonderfully no, AI. adorable uh. graphics. They were so cute, though. Like, I told AI to create, like, a very gay, uh, flamboyant corgi for me because the bar, the name name of the bar is Corgi, so it delivered. Wow, it delivered. Yeah. It's one thing AI always does is understands the assignment. It does. It does. <laughs> so before we get into it, I have some news. You guys usually share some news. Oh, but I read something recently. Back in April, uh, Paramount Plus actually. You know, we've been talking a lot about how Paramount Plus has really been trying to take their most significant properties, Grease, Fatal Attraction, and kind of like bring them back and get a lot of traction to their platform. Well, right. recently they announced, I think back in April. That Galaxy Quest was going to get revived. Oh, I think I remember seeing or hearing about that. Well, it was just announced, at least on my radar, that uh-huh. Sigourney Weaver will be coming back for this Galaxy Quest. So maybe everybody else will follow. Yeah, the murmurings that I had heard was that it was going to... They don't know what it was, but they're working on something related to Galaxy Quest. I was afraid it was going to be a straight-on remake. And I'm like, why would you remake that wonderful piece of sci-fi comedy? Yeah, yeah. It's so good. So a revival might be bittersweet without Alan Rickman. Absolutely. And I, I mean, is it just going to be a sequel? Is it going to be a TV series? And then it's like the next generation. I don't, need a, I don't need a TV series. I could. Yeah. I don't even know if I need a sequel, to be quite honest. Well, I think that's that movie the thing. was so well wrapped up. Paramount's just going down the list. Okay, Grease didn't work. Fatal Attraction didn't work. What's going to work now? <laughs> Galaxy Quest is a cult, right? So. Eddie, would you watch a Galaxy Quest TV show? Uh, yes. Really? Is Sigourney Weaver's in it? I mean, yeah. I'd be, I don't know. I'd rather see Sigourney Weaver back in an Alien franchise film. <laughs> really? Yeah, totally. Okay, like, Alien I wanna 6. See, yes, I want to see like uh, Sigourney Weaver, old, 
but just like still kicking ass. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ellen Ripley on her last leg, like literally, yeah. maybe just has one leg and still kicking yeah. ass. <laughs> Although I, I know for, so I know that they're, they're, they were working, I think it's on halt because of the strike, mm-hmm. but they were working on the alien, like legacy sequel, I think it's going to be. Okay. And a lot of the murmurings online is that it's basically going to be based off of the game, which it takes place immediately after Aliens. Okay. So it is, or I'm sorry, it takes place after Alien. And it takes place between Alien and Aliens. It's Ellen Ripley's daughter traveling mm-hmm. to find out what happened to her mother and encountering the alien from uh, Nos- Nos- Nosferatu, Nosferatu, the, the ship. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. So this is a... People have their suspicions as this is what the movie is going to be, which is exciting because uh, Eddie... I've seen Eddie play the game, and it is kind of a scary game. So scary game. Yeah. Ooh, We all love that. And now they're actually acing adaptations of video games into movies and TV shows. And TV so. shows, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that we'll have anything to cover next year because the writer's strike has lasted so long? You, that's a good qu- you know what? It might be a rough year for us next year yeah. because uh, I know that the 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 Screen Actors Guild are proceeding with filming, but like small indie projects, like for studios like A twenty four, because those smaller studios have agreed to the terms of the demands of the of the Screen Actors Guild. So. Go. The, those small studios don't have the big IP. Yeah, we're gonna have to right? do a bunch of like older stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you have any requests of things that we haven't covered that maybe we need, might need to do next year, uh, send us an email. Mm-hmm. Contact us, Bob. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this week's episode uh, with Haunted Mansion, directed by Justin Simeons, who is known for his properties, Dear White People. Have yes. you seen Dear White People? The TV show. I haven't seen the film. I have not seen the film either, and I saw a little bit of the TV show, so I am a little bit unfamiliar with him. Uh, but he did not. You never saw Bad Hair. No, I haven't. So I've based seen on, parts of Bad Hair. It's, you have. It's yeah. The reason I say parts is because like I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like it. Mm. I wasn't liking it as much as I wanted to like it. I mean, it's a it's a, you know horror movie about a black woman's you know weave like. <laughs> Come on. It's a great concept, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. truly great concept. But the, just squandered. Yeah, it sucks when there's a great concept, not the best execution, and I totally I'm okay with that. You know what, sometimes I'm okay with that, because it's like, okay, cool, you tried, but you gave me something different. Mm. Well, so the big name, though, that I was excited for on this is actually the writer, who is Kate Tobold. She wrote, she was a writer on Parks and Rec, but she wrote The Heat, oh. the Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy film, and then the Ghostbusters reboot, which, you know, we're kind of, uh, I mean, to say we're champions of it is a stretch, but we think it's not as bad as everyone else yeah, says it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll die on that hill. I will say yeah. it's just like, and the hate that it got was unwarranted. Absolutely uh, unwarranted. Because there, there were way shittier movies that year than Ghostbusters. Yeah, uh, and at, period. Yeah. So... Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, we got two kind of really strong comedic perspectives taking this film over. And also, like, one is a woman, one is a person of color. And they're being thrown into the Disney world with trying to make a successful version of this haunted mansion property that they have. And if you don't know, the haunted mansion is a ride that was invented by Walt Disney in the Port Orleans Square of Disney World in Disneyland. Yeah, um, I think it came out in Disneyland first, and then it came yeah. to also Disney World. And it's one of their most iconic rides. It's been, you know, running since 
the 50s or 60s. It's in every single park, a version of it. People love it. And it's very, you know, grim, grinning, ghost, spooky. Like, people, like, it's just got a huge fan base. I uh, am not one of those fan base yes, folk. Yes, I remember I this always, on the last yeah, episode. <laughs> I will always write it when I'm in Disney. But, God, that line is so long and it's unwarranted for that ride, in my opinion. Everyone goes on it because it's so iconic and so classic, but it is not a good ride. Eddie, what is your opinion on the haunted? Because Eddie got to ride it with me. Eddie, you have an opinion on Haunted Mansion the ride? Um, I just think it's just like something you do. Yeah. But it's not my it's it's not my favorite. Yeah. And I, I I know the last time we rode it was for the kids. We too. did, and the kids so. got scared, and I was just like, <laughs> I remember saying, it's just like, why are you scared? This is like the courteous ride, kids. You're ruining my trip. <laughs> no, I love him. <laughs> I mean, I understand. Like, I understand. Like, back to the orphanage. <laughs> I do understand why uh, it is so beloved because, like, it is a very family-friendly ride, and I think the I'd be lying if I said the effects don't still hold up because I do. I do think some of the effects do still hold up for that ride. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's one of those great like we need to break rides. If it's not a long line and you just are able to get on, take that break from the long yeah. lines, from the heat, from the exhaustion. From the heat, that for sure. Like, I think the, the queue is mostly indoor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those like, uh, we just get to sit and relax kind of moments. But I, I mean, I love it. I love the cheesiness. I love the vibes of it. I think it nails down the spookiness. I remember being a kid being on it and being somewhat scared by it. And it is, it's very memorable. Out of all the rides, like you kind of can't get some of those images out of your head. And it's become so iconic that Disney's like, yeah, we have to continue to make properties on these because our hardcore Disney fans and Disney adults, you know, they'll buy the ornaments, they'll buy the t shirts, they'll go see these movies, right? Mm, yeah. That's the, the thought Disney process. Adults. Yeah. Well, like we said, last week came out Barbenheimer, and the week after, they decided to release Haunted Mansion in July. Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. do you think had they released this in October, this would maybe have been better received? I actually do think it probably would have been better received. I do too. Closer to October because I'd be, look, here's my very, very quick take on this. I thought this actually movie was actually charming. I like this one a lot more than I thought it was going to. Same. And I actually do think this would have been much more successful, not in a summer release, but with a more of a closer to Halloween. Like even a September release would have been appropriate. I completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, I did not have much expectations for this. I was very pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. I was also kind of devastated because, like, Hocus, Hocus Pocus was a flop when it came out. And we talked about this. And that's because they released it in the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Disney is kind of poo-pooing its own properties by releasing them. And, like, they have, it's almost like no faith. You put was all this Hocus money Pocus into already it. Disney? Yeah, that, that was a Disney. It was, yeah. it was always mm-hmm. Disney? Okay. It was always Disney. Um, so it's like you put all this money into it. Like, let me tell you right now, this movie had a hundred and fifty million budget, and so far it's only got thirty-five million from opening no, weekend. No, that is a big budget. That's I don't know a big where that budget. Yeah, I don't know where that budget went because it. I don't. Some CGI, but it wasn't like heavily. It wasn't so CGI. At least I didn't. The CGI wasn't so shitty. Where it's jarring, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of ghosts, but there were. Like, yeah, obviously, there were things that CGI, you know. But like, it wasn't. It wasn't a CGI fest. Yeah, I feel uh, like the 2003 one was way more CGI heavy. Yeah, well, because they also did more literal ride components, like the the singing mm-hmm. heads uh, on yes. the and whatnot. This one kind of 
made its own story more that was freer of the ride yeah. in a lot you would of ways. See, yeah, you would see the references to the ride, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't like yeah, I'd be lying. It's it wasn't your face sometimes. Yeah, like the it ghost, was. Yeah, who do you want yeah. to hitchhike? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so the Eddie Murphy film was about a real estate father, real estate agent father, who you know he's so caught up in his work that he kind of gets duped into going to this haunted mansion, and he brings his family there because he's so desperate for a cell because he's work, work, work. But then when mm-hmm. he gets there, you know, there's a ghost who's trying to trap his wife into becoming one of his ghost brides, I guess. Right, because she looks like the deceased lover that had committed suicide uh, yes. years ago. He was Grace, Gracie? Gracie. Lord Gracie, the, the owner of the mansion. So. Now, it's like are, Gracie we, are we positive mansion. that they have the, the same name, Gracie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, okay. the, the names were... Because I'm pretty sure Gracie is one of the names that you see like as you're walking through the cemetery to mm, get into the ride. Like You it. see all these names and stuff. So a lot of these names will show up from the ride. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, and... He puts his family's life in danger, and it's kind of the whole story arc is that he needs to learn how to be more present for his family and, and mm-hmm. put work behind him and whatnot. But Which, via comedy. Also, retrospect, uh, almost similar plot to Dr. Doolittle. They were also just like, an Eddie Murphy film. And also kind of Disney, <laughs> I think. So no, they were like, wasn't Dr. Doolittle 20th century? It's now Disney, I think, but it's I think it was now, Fox. Yeah, yeah, true. There you go. They were just like, it's a winning formula. You know, let's just put ghosts in it. and Instead of animals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Raven Simone, she did the the lead single, which was a super a cover of Superstitious, mm-hmm. which uh-huh. also played in this movie. So Superstitious is just the the song. For Superstitious this was in this in this one. Yeah, very briefly, actually, it was like a montage moment. You heard it in the background. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So. But this story is completely different. Completely, it new. is. Do you want to kind of sum it up, Orlando? Yes. So. Uh, the story focuses around Ben, who is an astrophysicist. He is kind of down on his luck. And a priest shows up at his door and says, hey, I got a job for you. You built a camera that could take pictures of ghosts. Can you go to this mansion and take pictures of ghosts for proof for us? And the lady will pay you $2,000. He's just like, hell yeah. So he goes and... Uh, before he enters the house, Rosario Dawson warns him. Is like, you know, just make sure that you want to enter because once you enter, like, I can't promise whatever happens. But he's just like, yo, give me that money, girl. So he walks in <laughs> and uh, he fakes taking photos of the ghosts because he thinks that this mother and child are like kind of just crazy nuts banana town. Right. Who would it like the way they yeah. edited that sequence is just like really makes them seem like just loonies. And. Uh, when he gets home, he discovers that a ghost has latched onto him and is now haunting him, kind of beckoning him, beckoning him to return to the manor. And once he returns to the manor, he discovers that anyone who has entered the house is kind of doomed to be stuck in the house because there is a malevolent being collecting 1,000 souls for nefarious reasons. I think it's to come back to life. Yeah, spirits so, latch onto them when they when they enter. So Yeah, and so basically Ben and his family are trying to break the curse. And you that know, is like a very, very dumbed-down synopsis of the film. No, that was a good job. But you Thank know, this, you. This film already handles the task of creating a story for Haunted Mansion better than its predecessor. Because, I would agree, yeah. Yeah. Because what they do is that you begin the film with Ben meeting a woman who you instantly know he's going to fall in love with on New Year's Eve, by the way, which also, why is he with his coworkers on New Year's Eve? Um, <laughs> like, like, I guess maybe he just loves his, co- but the way he looked at them, I was like, are those his, is that like his 
family friends? I think, you know, sometimes when you are so, like, uh, devoted to your work, I think those become, like, your friends. And they're, not, like, they're supposed to be, like, nerds, right? So, like, mm. that's probably who they just, like, kind of latch on to each other. Okay. Uh, I actually had never considered going to New Orleans for... New Year's Eve, but it does sound pretty fabulous. Oh, I'm actually, sure it would right? be very <laughs> fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never been, but I, I'm sure it would be fun. Um, so they meet, and you just feel the chemistry. They're hitting it off, and then cuts to present reality where she's no longer with him, and he is suffering a very deep depression. And mm-hmm. so we already already have that this main character has a relationship with the dead. That yes. he is grieving, he has lost someone, and his, it is impacting his life. So his interaction with ghosts is already going to mean something, because he also has to kind of come to terms with a death in his own life and with letting go. Yeah. Right? Well, in so, the first act, he was a staunch non-believer of ghosts. Mm-hmm. And the reason he became a non-believer is because he tried really hard to find his deceased wife's ghost. And we don't find out that she's officially deceased until later on in the film. Uh, yes. But like it's hinted at early. Yeah, I mean, with that, that kind no of depression, I was like, "Oh, she's dead." Right. Yeah. So, and he like gave up everything to become a tour guide, kind of yes. like what she was, but like a like even less than because he's not really doing the haunted tour guides. He's just doing tour guides, mm-hmm. and he's a shell of himself, you know. So he's no longer the same person who met her, who was so vivacious and so passionate and. All this stuff. Now, this is played by an actor called Lakeith Stanfield, who has a really interesting voice. I love his voice. Uh, uh, I think he's so hot. Yeah. He was so, so attractive in this role. I don't know what it was either. Like, because I've, yeah. I've seen him in uh, Sorry to Bother You. And did it, you know, you're fine in that movie. I, I, I like that movie a lot, but I never thought of him as being hot. There's something about him in this role that I found very attractive. Yeah, his character could have easily become kind of, like, annoying to the fact where he was just constantly the non-believer and constantly, like, being sarcastic and almost, like, dismissing people. But I never quite felt that way with him because of the way that he played it. He was able to give it this humanity and this this grief, right? Yeah, like there's the a grief moment, specifically. The yeah, grief like specifically. I, I think every time that he had to play, like, the grieving widower, he played a very, very... Uh, I don't know. It was almost like a very poignant performance, like very, very yeah. touching. Yeah, no. Like I felt for him. Mm-hmm. When when the medium later in the film, one of my favorite characters, by the way, was like, yeah. "Oh, you're <laughs> you're the grief that I sensed," and then it like almost cuts to him. Anytime his that story got expanded on, you know, like it just it it worked for me. Mm-hmm. I I believed it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. I I liked him a lot in this role. So the mother and the daughter that are in the Haunted Mansion are played by Rosario Dawson. And what is the child's name? Um, let's oh, it's see. A son. Chase W. Dillon. It's, no, it's not a daughter. It's a son. It's a son. Oh, I'm so sorry. Daughter. I said daughter. <laughs> My apologies. It's Chase W. Dillon. So it's Gabby and Travis. And we, the father is absent later on in the film. You know, we're led to believe that the father is alive and he's just a distant father. But... Spoiler alert, and also I had somebody reach out to me recently and complain that we did not provide enough spoilers for The Flash. I apologize to your listener. Here is your spoiler warning. (laughs) We didn't provide spoiler warnings? Oh, we should have. I guess we should have. I feel like we normally do. Here is your spoiler warning uh, for Haunted Mansion if you want to see it. I think it should be a given by now. I know, that's what I said, but (laughs) I was like, you're right, I'm sorry. That's Uh, funny. Anyway, spoiler alert, the father is actually dead 
and so Travis. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you expect that? Like, was that a shock for you? It was a, for me. Eddie says he, he saw it coming, but I was kind of like enthralled in the story where I missed it. And when it was revealed that he was the other grieving soul in the house, I was just like, oh my God, like what's going to happen now? Yeah. I was kind of like suddenly like found myself on the edge of my seat. I wasn't completely shocked, but I was like, oh, I see where they're going with this. Like I was halfway mm-hmm. in between that. But I also just thought that the way that everything kind of unraveled was very effective. Although my overall complaint is that the movie was a little too long. That's it. Oh, could have been a little shorter. Okay. Just could have been a little shorter. It was like maybe two hours. Like minutes shorter. I yeah. don't know. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. But go on. So uh, Rosario Dawson plays Gabby, and she's wonderful. She she's great. Is. I mean, there was very early in her like performance, I think what I realized I was going to like her was the first scenes we have is her interacting with Travis and Travis sees the ghost and he's like freaking out mm-hmm. and like immediately they make Gabby like, I don't you're just being silly, but mm-hmm. like immediately you see her shock, like her face like go from like being a non-believer to like, get out, we had to go we gotta yeah. get the yeah. fuck out of here yeah. just, like, exactly which I found, uh, again, charming I was, she, it, it was very, very I don't know. It felt like a very realized performance. Absolutely. And the only thing I will say is out of every character, hers was probably the least developed. But okay. she's such a, a bit, yeah. good actress that at least she's I mean, she, she wasn't really playing anything major. She was just kind of doing her Rosario Dawson best. But she does <laughs> it so fucking well. You know, she does. Uh, the my one complaint about the character was that wig she was wearing or that hair piece <laughs> I was not feeling it it was just not I don't know if it was like the wrong hairdo for Rosario I don't yeah. know if they were trying to make her seem more matronly it's just like you don't have like you know she could still have like nice hair and I know right? it's that it because like it's it's weird because it's like in the end of the movie she has like her beautiful hair yeah you know and yeah. all her curls and stuff like that and I, I guess we I, I guess because since we didn't get enough character development for her that the hair transformation really didn't mean anything besides her looking really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Good like point, yeah. she could have been with that hair and it would have been the whole thing would just been great. I just think I just, it, it just felt like sometimes I would ask myself, um, what year is this? Yeah. Especially what with that. Year is this? Because yeah. It, yeah. it's just like between hairs and people's clothing. <laughs> which had a very retro vintage look mm-hmm. and then i'm like wait a minute what year is this and yeah uh, and then you would see the other the uh, the supporting actors people the extras in the background and everybody dresses contemporary but it was like except for what? tiffany haddish as a medium yeah but I think that's a look too <laughs> that was her look that she was, was a was look absolutely yeah <laughs> it was yeah. almost like a santera version look that she had going on for her uh but, but let's not forget the look of the whole movie, Jamie Lee, Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah her outfit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was. Yeah, and that was the outfit opened. of all outfits. Seriously, it Yo, better, truly, I think it's gonna get nominated for best costume design at the was, Oscars no, just for that. That was a very very interesting. Like it was something I was just like, that is a weird costume, but she's rocking it like like no problem. And I'm like, oh, that seems like a cool Halloween costume to be quite honest. Yes. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 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 I actually thought. Uh, or, at some point, I did think that like it was going to be revealed that like they were all ghosts except for Ben. Okay. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Okay. Like, hence the old kind of hairdo. Hence like the uh, medium who seems a little bit like 
out of date and mm-hmm. even Danny DeVito's character right like he was like kind of like dressed like I don't not a contemporary person they're all just I mean? really quirky people <laughs> they, oh, yeah they really all were but way. let me tell you the chemistry the cast had also really worked in this film it did they were kind of like their own you know band of misfits and mm-hmm. they were kind of adorable so to complete this little band of misfits is the priest slash exorcist father kent who's the one who prompts ben to come and bring his special camera that he created for his wife uh and to kind of like prove the existence of ghosts and also to be a hero and this mm-hmm. is played by owen wilson who you know we don't we haven't seen too much in the last past years but he's coming back to movies and when he did the j-lo movie i was like <laughs> J-Lo and Jennifer, like, and Owen Wilson falling in love, I don't buy it. I was just like, that's oh. not the return for Owen Wilson. This, that's the one with Maluma, right? I think, yes, it was. Yeah, I haven't seen it. This was a very fitting role for Owen Wilson, and I think he actually did great. I'm not always, like, the biggest fan of, like, you know, the Owen Wilson-ness, but... Yeah, me, me neither. But he won me over beginning with Loki, so that's kind of when mm. I was like, okay, I dig, I dig Owen Wilson now, there and like go. this movie kind of just solidified that. I loved specifically how car- how costumey his costume was. Yeah, yeah. Which ultimately feeds to like that like his great reveal at the end. Yeah. His character, like, yeah, so absolutely. spoiler, he's not a priest. He just works <laughs> at a costume shop. He just like makes money like pretending to be a priest, which is yeah. so sacrilegious. Seriously, like, yeah. Um, and also, kind of smart. Then Mm -hmm. they were like, okay, so we have an exorcist. You know, we have this photographer who's taking a picture of the ghosts. Now we need a medium in order to contact them. And so that's when they try and find... That's when they find Harriet, who is played by Tiffany Haddish. And I think the moments that I laughed the most were all because of her. Oh, but she's such a great comedian actress. Yeah, all of her moments just really worked for me. But even, like, her backstory or, like, her kind of, her whole arc also worked Mm -hmm. for me. Like, (laughs) I thought she was pretty well fleshed out. Yeah. And, like, because her whole thing is that she belongs to a uh, family of mediums, you know? And she doesn't really believe in herself or, like, people don't believe that she has the power, but she does. Yeah, yeah. That reminds, so, I mean, when she's talking about her sisters, uh, like... (laughs) <laughs> probably one of the funniest like moments of the film yeah. uh just proves like her just delivery no i my favorite moment of of hers was when she found out that she's stuck in the house and how she's just flipping out on rosario on everybody yeah, <laughs> Maybe. Two hours she's later. so good she's so so she's so funny like she was great in this film yeah i didn't think to be quite honest like when we picked to do this movie i was like I was picked it because I thought it would be half-assed and just complain about this film all day and here mm-hmm. I am kind of gushing I'm like oh this was like a really shockingly fun movie same I really didn't think I mean I saw it on a Tuesday I saw it Tuesday morning at 1040 with mm-hmm. the worst behaved people I've had in a movie theater in a while let me tell you first of all I bought my at tickets 1040? like yeah at 1040 I bought my tickets a week ago so the people that sat next a to me a week ago geez. I know chose to sit next to me and oh. these people made themselves at fucking home. Like, I had to step over their book bag and everything on the floor. There was popcorn all over the floor. They were talking loudly and on their phone constantly. Wow. And then the people above us were just nonstop talking. They were children. They were, like, 8 to maybe 12 years old. And they were just okay. saying so many things. But they clearly didn't understand a lot of, like, you know, the adult tones in the movie. Uh-huh. So, you know, when there was, like, flirting happening between Ben and Gabby, they were, like, gross. Or, like, just, you know, like, they just weren't getting certain things. And it was I just see. kept taking me out of it. And I was like, somebody please 
tell these children to shut up. There has to yeah. be an adult present. It's 1040. That's, it was just so annoying. So, that's awful. Anyway. I'm sorry. But despite all of that, I was able <laughs> to enjoy it. And then the last little member of this gang is a local historian, professor, played by Danny DeVito, who, you know, provides them all the historical things that they need to know about the house. So everyone has this sort of purpose in order for them to defeat it. Also, mm-hmm. there is uh, Madame Leona. Madame Leona is one of the most iconic moments of the ride. She is in the original film, played mm-hmm. by Jennifer Tilly. In this one, she's played by Jamie Lee Curtis. And she was, and she's the backstory. So she was hired by William Gracie of Gracie Manor because his deceased died. Do we remember her name? Uh, Eleanor. So oh, you got it, Eleanor. Eleanor, he misses his dead wife so much that he hired her to perform a seance to bring her back to him every night for like a full year. So that's oh why God, there's Tiffany so many ghosts. Ca- with the, when uh, Harriet was just like, that's not right. And she's yeah. just, <laughs> and Jamie Lee is like, what? Who's that? Who, Who said, said that? that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It, was just like, it just shows the chemistry. Like the chemistry actually was here so I think well executed in this film. Yeah, no, like, it was. What a shocker! Because when I saw the cast lineup, that was my initial Clinton. I was just like, God, this is a, this is a hodgepodge of people mm-hmm. that we have put together for this film. But, but it, it worked. worked. It worked. Yeah. And what had happened was that by doing a séance <clears throat> every day for a full year, eventually an evil entity came through, which is the Hatbox Ghost, pay- played by. Jared Leto, which I think when I saw Jared the trailer Leto. for this in a theater and we all saw that it was Jared Leto, we all were like, ugh. Because, you know, yeah, nobody really same. likes Jared uh, Leto. Yeah, Mackenzie also mentioned that last yeah. last week. Yes, it's just like yes. her theater also made an audible groan. Uh, for such a presence, Jared Leto, the smartest thing they did was not actually physically him showing movie. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You would not really be able to tell that that was Jared Leto. Yeah, so. like between his voice performance, because uh, he he was playing the voice that you hear on the ride, right? Like the the there's nine hundred ninety nine ghosts stuck in this house. There's always room for the one that like plays in your machine as like you're riding the ride, right? That was like what he was trying to do. Mm, so he's that's not, what it sounded like. Maybe he's not really like the hat box isn't like ghost isn't the narrator of the ride that you hear in the machine. Mm. He's just one of the ones that. Um, I think he's in the attic along with the bride mm. where he's and he's just like holding up a thing and he's like looking he's just very iconic like he's one of the ones that everybody remembers in the ride yeah so they, I don't they remember him, him in the ride <laughs> this should be quite honest I, um, I, I remember him um, but, but I remember the lines that he recited because some of the lines that he recited are the lines directly from the ride yes yes yeah and the the spell to kind of reverse everything is lines from Grim Grinning Ghosts. Mm. So, so yeah. So they're all stuck at the manor, and they they found out that the Hatbox Ghost was actually used to be um, Alistair Crump, who is a murderer and an evil man in his life. And he's mm-hmm. kind of like one of my favorite lines is like, "Oh, ghosts can be killed. That's not fair." By Owen Wilson, where it's just like <laughs> even in the afterlife, you know, you could be murdered as a ghost. Like that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so here is our kind of, not our inciting incident so much, but like this is the task, this is the quest, which is we have to defeat Crump. And he cannot mm-hmm. get that one last soul to make it a thousand. And now why, what could, what would happen with the a thousand? He would be like. I think 
he gets reincarnated? No, um, he would have the power to leave because he's also trapped in the house. Oh, mm. he would leave, so leave the he house and just haunt wherever. To leave, yeah. yeah, haunt the world. Okay, I guess I can see why he'd be like a dangerous figure to have out in the open. Absolutely. Now, one section that didn't work as well as I wanted it to was when they went to Crump Manor, and lo and behold, we get a cameo from Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, who uncredited no in the film, uncredited. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. I, remember, I was like, I whispered to Eddie, like, is that is that Winona? They didn't announce her the trailer. Like, Mm-mm. why? <laughs> I know that was like the big secret, and yet you know her part wasn't that funny, and it was really short. Oh, I don't know. She, uh, her, seeing her getting annoyed at the black guys was kind of funny, to be quite honest. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I, I was a cop. I don't know. But, and then Daniel Levi's there, and he's going to do, like, a murder mystery thing. I also was like, this isn't as funny as I want it to be. Oh, I disagree with you. I thought that was funny. I wanted more. I wanted more, this. too. That's I what did. I wanted. I wanted more of I this. I felt like, like a lot was edited of this. To be quite honest, they could have cut out Winona Ryder and given me, like, Dan Levy. Yeah. As the tour yeah. guide and stuff because he was like I love so he's like an actor playing like you know doing like this like kind of like murder mystery interpretation of like tour guide and stuff. it was so wacky yeah. I loved it and I was just like oh what like this should have been like a longer scene in my opinion I think it was and I think they cut it down they cut it for time they might have yeah it's uh it's a shame it's a shame to see what could have been it could have been long i didn't have enough time to marinate as a scene so i was like Mm -hmm. i wanted to like it but i'm not like laughing here so um so they go there also specifically to get the hat because a typical whenever you're performing magic is that you actually have to have an article or an item that belongs to this person in order to effectively put either reverse a curse or put a curse on them so you Mm -hmm. know magic magic um that's pretty much the most of like the plot of the film and then they're able to you know reverse it now the parts where ben is kind of like you know putting himself out there and he's sharing you know his grief and whatnot especially with his wife and his whole arc i thought that that was one of the most effective moments of the film mm-hmm. like even at the end right before you know we think maybe he will sacrifice himself to alistair crump in order to save these people because he's grown quite attached to Travis in particular mm-hmm. and Gabby. It's not, it didn't focus as much on the love story between Gabby and um, yeah. Ben. It really it was focused more, more so, so mm-hmm. the father, the uh, father figure and child, which yeah. I liked. I actually liked the fact that it wasn't like, the focus wasn't love. It was really like this uh, love between like these two souls who have lost someone very dear to them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, Travis is also grieving. Yeah. Yeah. He sees himself in him, yeah. Yeah. So, him to let go of his love, like, where they have that brief little montage, and he learns, you know, like, hey, and there's also a beautiful moment where Tiffany Haddish, she draws the two circles, and she's like, you know, we're here, and then these two circles overlap, and they're on the other side, but in between where they overlap are where the ghosts are, but I want you to know that your wife is over here on the other side, and she's Mm -hmm. in peace. Yeah. You know, and the fact that she's not here is a good thing. And you yeah. need to be okay with that. And that's kind of like both of their struggles, which is why they're both susceptible to Alistair Crump being mm-hmm. able to take them because they have to be willing is yeah. the whole catch. I mean, yeah, I think that's I mean, what oh. I, I enjoyed very much of all these particular characters is that usually when you have something like this, you just get a, a stereotype of a character, the mm-hmm. stereotype medium. The stereotype hero, the stereotype professor, um, the mother. But you really get to see very the shades of these people. She was a medium, but she was also caring. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. really felt for him. And she shared her own pain um, uh, with him. Uh, and you get to see that, too. Like, you know, the, the, the professor who had a heart condition, who wanted to be part of the action. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to see that. And um, I really felt these characters were definitely not two-dimensional. They definitely were. They were more. I felt like they. You got opportunities to see them fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like when Harriet, the medium, shares a story about her father leaving her a message that she was okay. Yeah, you know that the, comes the in train in the distance. The train in the distance. She's like, oh, she calls them even like little messages lowest. from the afterlife, like or something, yes. right? Yeah, she had yeah. like a term for it, and I wish I remembered. Uh, um, yeah. But you know, and like that's it's something. Like, like ghost kisses, or ghost winks, or something. Yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I wish it, it was one or the other. I can't confidently say which one, but it was a cute little nickname that she had for it. Because I think we've all kind of also experienced that. Yeah. Well, because the payoff at the end when like he, there was it. a recurring exactly. cat, uh, and then like when he looks at the name tag, it is tater tots, and then we find out. Well, we have found out that like one of her favorite snacks was the tater tots. Is it like? Oh, which God, I mean, this movie the way it works, like in terms of breaking, like that sentimental scene with like a nice joke, which was, you know, as he's telling the story about, like, oh my God, my wife, she used to go jogging, but she wouldn't, she'd get like fried chicken and like tater tots and stuff or ice cream, and like Danny DeVito breaks that like sentimental moment, right? Because we're all feeling it, but mm-hmm. like he breaks it with a joke of just like, God, what was her cholesterol like? Like, yeah, she yeah, been so exactly. High. Like, yeah, but she loved tater tots, and then like he finds out the end, like this cat that kept like visiting him. The yeah. cat's name was Tater Tot, and I thought that was like, oh, that's like a really, that was sweet. That was like a nice little, yeah, final little last moment. touch to his story. Which also, that was one of the moments where the kids were like, that was insensitive, and I was like, no, that was needed. Jokes <laughs> to break sensitive. the tension. Or, yeah. Oh, the the cholesterol joke. Yeah, the cholesterol joke. Yeah. It was no, it was it needed a ghost wink. A ghost, ghost wink. wink. Thank you, you. It was yes, I could see why it would be deemed insensitive, but like I also do think it was needed levity because like at the end of this this was like a fun jaunty film like you know yeah so i'm glad it was able to i think it was a i thought it was a good balance in my opinion like to give me the sentiment and then like to give me like a nice like joke Mm -hmm. uh which is interesting one of the a lot of critics just felt that this movie wasn't funny enough or too scary right and it's just like they they kind of felt it was lacking i'm just like i don't know like we may have not been watching the same movie because i thought the comedy was just right in terms of the scares sometimes they were a little like not i wouldn't say scary but like you the jump scares you'd be like oh like a fun little like tingle yeah you know no i i I agree with that and i also think like well what are they expecting like i don't know like i i didn't i don't think a lot of people have high hopes for this film which is probably also why they're not going out to see it yeah but like it was for me a pleasant surprise and stuff and i think that if people kind of just gave it a chance you know and kind of surrendered to it with no expectations that's when they would probably enjoy themselves more if they're not too, too jaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this film is, like, kind of harmless. Like, I don't see why people would have too many problems with it. I think it was yeah. very well done. Do you think it would have done better if it was the focus was a white family? Ooh. Because both of these films feature black families at, like, yeah. the center. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Um, but great. I love that. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Okay. I was just wondering. If, I, I like. I'm trying now, to make sense. Like, why are people not watching successful? this movie? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe had it had a bigger star, 
or maybe one more white character because to be honest there's only two to the four to the six the, so everyone majority, loves Danny DeLivio though I know who was the other Owen Wilson uh, Jamie Lee oh Owen <laughs> Yeah, well, Jamie Lee Curtis. Also. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then I guess Jared Leto. So if you make it an eight cast, that's directly even and stuff. Yeah. So, but they're, and, like their roles are way less important than yeah. obviously like uh, than than Ben and Gabby and Travis. Like they even Gosh. to a degree Harriet like carried a lot of the because she carried a lot of the comedy of the film. Yeah. I mean, so, I would hope yeah. that's not the reason because it also doesn't feel like, hey, this film is trying really, really hard to be diversively inclusive. It's not. This is an organic fucking story. Yeah. At no point did I feel like they were going out of their way to bring in diversity. It really just felt like just very organically told, like how yeah. these characters, like the characters, they felt, I don't, I, I, I've said this before, like they felt just realized and stuff. And maybe this is a credit to Justin Simeon, the director. He really understood that like, like we don't need stock characters. We just need to give characters like a storyline to, that we can like connect to. And Ben's storyline of like, you know, love loss uh, is something that I think a lot of people can like relate to. Absolutely. And that also complements this story about ghosts in the afterlife very well. And moving on, you know, all of these ghosts are stuck there. One, because they were called in a seance, but because they don't know how to move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and in the end, they actually don't. They want to stay and they want to party. <laughs> right. Which, if I were Gabby, now I would definitely open up the bed and breakfast. Seriously. now you'd be making, like, Yeah, like, everyone would want to go to stay in a house with, uh, with ghosts. But I did love that I think when, like, all this, this mishmash cast of characters are all friends and like having a dinner for Halloween. Yeah, I thought it was, was so cute. cute. Like I, I was really, was cute, I, yeah. I liked it a lot. It, it yeah. did have that found family feel. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, I mean, overall, I recommend it, guys. It's a cute movie. Uh, we were all kind of surprised by <laughs> our review of it today. Yeah. But it's no, a surprising I, movie. I would watch I, it again on yeah. Disney Plus in October. I actually agree. I actually, I think this one is a much better film than the 2003 Eddie Murphy film because I feel like the Eddie Murphy one just felt a little generic. Like, you know, it's about a, it's about a workaholic dad and he's trying to save his wife and he's going through all these trials and tribulations. This one, the story is a little simpler. They're just stuck in this house, but like, and there's a ghost that's trying to actively kill them. And, uh, they're just trying to unfold that mist. I don't know. It, it, but it just worked. And it doesn't feel so, like, tied to the original source material, which is the ride, like the original did, mm-hmm. where it would just throw in elements that were kind of like, oh, yeah, the ride. Like, this actually, if you've never been on the ride before, you wouldn't be able to tell that there was, like, that it is kind of tied to a previous property. Like, it feels like its mm-hmm. own story. Okay. Yes. Except for maybe the headless, the, the ghost lady. The ghost bride? The ghost bride, yeah. That one, that scene might be the only one I would say, like, feels like they had to throw it in because, like, she is one of the ghosts that we see at the... Maybe. But again, if if you've never ridden the ride before, though, would you be like, that's somebody that I don't know and I don't recognize, but everyone else here does. You think that people who have been... Oh, no, I would say no, 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 yeah, for sure. I would, I I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. And Madame Leota. And Madame Leota might be the only one. Uh, (laughs) But no, overall, I was, yeah, just pleasantly surprised by the film. I thought it was just like, oh, this is, this was a nice film. I'm sad it's not doing as well in the box office as I think it should. And that's all Disney's fault. Yeah. Truly. They haven't been, 
I also don't think they've been marketing it very well. Well, maybe their game plan, though, is that maybe they get more traction on Disney Plus. So they'll release it in July because they know not a lot of people are going to go to the theaters because people haven't been going to the theaters. They'll put it on in October on Disney Plus and then they'll get all of that traction then. Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Bob Iger seems to be steady, fast moving towards theatrical over Disney Plus. Yeah. He's not shuttering Disney Plus anytime soon, but like he is. They're going to be developing less content specifically for Disney Plus. Well, that's because good because it was a lot. Bleeding, yeah. And that's it's also just bleeding money for Disney Corporation. Yeah, so. Uh, so. Smart. But uh, speaking of Disney, so I actually wanted to bring up this point to you because okay. you love Disney World. Uh, and I, I brought this up with Eddie when we were leaving the theater. But have you noticed that a lot of the new rides in Disney World are based off of like a movie or a t- movies mostly? Have you noticed that? Like all the new Disney rides are like all connected to some sort of movie franchise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to when Disney opened, like Jungle Cruise, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, uh, the Haunted Mansion. They were all like original set pieces created for the Disney parks. Yes. Do you think that that is something that's going to hurt Disney World in the long run? The fact that now they're all, all connected the- to like contemporary like movies that might be popular now. I think, yes, absolutely it will. Right? Like, because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't gone to the ride yet, but uh, I, I can't imagine, like, 10 years from now, people will care it's a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Well, but then again, people still have, like, their ties. Like, they feel very passionately and very emotionally tied with a lot of things. Like, people don't want the Twilight Zone ride to change. Well, but that's the thing. It's, uh, yes, it's tied to the Twilight Zone, but it's the Tower of Terror. Yes, but they also like the Twilight Zone ride aspect of it, that you're, like, entering an episode and, you know, Rod Serling's, like, you're in a world it's just, and all that It's that, stuff. like, I, I, every time I get on it, I always forget that it's related to the Twilight Zone <laughs> until the opening. <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh, that's right, this is a Twilight Zone thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm more excited about the fact that, like, wow, we're on the Tower of Terror. Well, kind of look at their counterpart or their competition with Universal. I mean, look at how many things have closed of properties that people don't care about anymore. Like yes. Hannah and Barbera and Jimmy Neutron. And I mean, I think the Mummy's still open, but like King Kong. No, I think it just closed. It just closed. Yeah. There you go. And then they replace it with like Fast and the Furious and, and newer properties that people like now. But like once those movies are done, you think anyone's going to give a shit about the Fast and the Furious? Well... Yeah, they got to pick movies that have stood, or properties that have stood the test of time. So, the Velocicoaster, for example, Universal Studios is Smart. a good example where it's just like, sure, like it could be uh, Jurassic World, but it could be Jurassic Park. And that movie yeah. has stood the test of time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then there is, what else? This is a good example. But yeah, the King Kong one, they changed it to Skull Island, and it was kind of, it was a fine ride. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of like those simulation rides. Mm. Yeah, you, you know like what I mean? the coasters. Like, yeah. I like coasters. Is it, give me a coaster or give yeah, I'm me a simulation guy. I like simulations too because it's Ew. like wow, entering you know my dream world, fantasies, things that I didn't know I could like. It's cool. It's cute. It's who's impressive. Gonna make, who's gonna make the Barbie ride? Ooh, good question. Uh, that's it's, Warner Brothers. Does Warner Brothers they own used to theme be, park? They used to own Six Flags. They no longer do. Oh, they, need they, used to have a, they used to have a majority stake on at Six Flags. I think they license their their characters and stuff for uh, Six Flags still, but they don't own Six Interesting. Flags. Well, Universal was the one that said, bring Nintendo World to us, so maybe they'll add a Mattel World. 
The, uh, hey, you know, I'm sure. Uh, I, I laugh ride. now, yeah, you could but do a they hot do wheel it. ride. Yeah, you could do uh, walking Polly Pocket World. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could partner with like Legoland. Yeah, I don't. I feel like Legoland is a competitor. Lego. I think like Lego. I'm just Lego. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no, yeah. but good, good point. And they're running out of rides to kind of like turn into you know, media properties. So what are they going to do now? You know, now they got to do original films. Do you think Wish is going to be successful? Oh, I hope so. I think the animation for that film, when I saw the trailer, it looked spectacular. Yeah. It's like a blend of 2D and 3D animation. Yeah, and I it think looks it looks so different. really, really pretty and like kind of um, uh, interested in checking out. Was that Patrick Stewart, who's the voice of the goat? Or am I making that up? Oh, I didn't register it as Patrick Stewart, but it could it be. It sounded very Patrick Stewart-ish. Yeah, it did. It did. But, you know, Elemental, the Pixar film, did not do very well this year. So, um, I don't I know. Mean, Disney's just also kind of, like, not hitting the way that they had in previous years. Do you think the Marvels will do well? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I want to see it. I want to see. I actually want to see that one more so than I wanted to see Ant Man. I never. I have. I still yet to see Ant Man. See, there you go. You haven't but even gone out for it. I'm more so interested in watching the Marvels. It looks cute. It does look cute. I you admit know? that that movie looks cute. So that's why I kind of want to check it out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of like I. Yeah, Marvel is definitely <laughs> in some turbulent water at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think overall, like I mean, has anyone even been talking about a Secret Invasion? Mm, not yeah, on my see, radar enough, it's yeah. not it's usually like oh my god everybody's talking about it or i don't really know about it and and that most has marvel olivia, everyone's talking about so. yeah and that has even olivia coleman you know oh, it and i love her, and it her. Can't, nope nope yeah so i well it, yeah i'm excited to see where the rest of this year goes in terms of the media properties that stick out and the ones that disappoint or whatever like you know it's we're entering a new era in movie going i think I think so. I mean, if you look at this year alone, like we've been pleasantly surprised, like more so than like absolutely. There've been more hits than misses, I think, this year. Yes, at least with the content, not the financial status of them. <laughs> we can't yes. really speak to that. Right. So yeah. But all right, guys. Did you see Haunted Mansion? Will you be seeing Haunted Mansion? You probably should. And once you do, you should let us know your thoughts on the piece and on our episode. You could email us remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals. On Twitter at remakespodcast. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching remakes, reboots, and revivals. And if you are listening on a podcasting platform, type in remakes, reboots, revivals and give us a rating. And if you can leave us a review, we might just read it on the air. And a reminder, August 16th, Corgi Distillery in Jersey City, we will be hosting a trivia night co-sponsored by Hudson County Pride. And it is completely free and it's going to be a fun night of trivia and you get to see us in person and you get to drink delicious gin drinks. So you should come Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Yeah. And that is it, I guess. So... Yeah, I guess until I guess, next time. Uh, in like maybe two years, we'll see Haunted Mansion again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe then they'll try it with like a white family and maybe. see if it works. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next time, stay, stay unoriginal. original.